0: Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson and Chris Hemke, and you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast, guys. It has been a great year for Diesel Performance Podcast, yeah. and, and I just want to kick off the top of the show by saying thank you to all of the listeners uh, and all of the participants, everybody who came on the show. Uh, honestly, it, it really makes us very happy to be able to do this.
1: There's a couple of things, you know, like you said, Paul, the listeners. Um, not only the listeners that download our podcast and listen to us every week, but the listeners that then want to engage on the Diesel Performance Podcast page. Yep. Right. And tagging us and asking good questions. It, it's awesome. It's good to see that. And then, like you said, the interviewees, you know, or interviewers uh, that take the time to be with us and, you know, talk about what we enjoy diesel, right? Yeah. Might not necessarily be performance. My, a lot of different perspectives or there, there's there's different levels, <laughs> you know, when we talk about diesel from the engineering side, tuning, uh, OEM or aftermarket, aftermarket, you know, R&D on, on parts, maintenance, um, fuel additives, the type of fuel, def fluid, just all these different, uh, you know, attributes that come into what we all know and love, which is diesel. Yeah, so. absolutely.
0: Absolutely. No, I think that's a really good way to put it. Um, y- you know, it, it's that passion for diesel. Yeah. That that drives the show. It's that passion for this that yeah. that is why we're still doing this after God. I think we're five years in now. That's great. Time flies.
2: <laughs> it really really
0: flies. We we're just looking at some end of year numbers. Um, over half a million downloads this year, which yeah. is just crazy to me. Uh, so yeah, so so it, it's very humbling. And again, just just thank you to everybody who's involved. It really means a lot to us, uh, Chris. Over at Duramax Tuner, one of the things I know we've been talking a lot about is the Stealth Boost Testers uh, and how those are very unique to the market. Yeah. You want to just give our listeners just a quick rundown of why we love that product?
1: So, well, the Stealth Boost Testers are going to be specific to a few RPO, Duramax, and Cummins. And the idea here is, is as over at Calibrated Power Duramax Tuner, our Stealth line has grown amazingly well over the years it's very well recepted in the market. We do a lot of turbo manufacturing. That means we have a lot of customers that buy turbochargers and we have guys that will call in um, and it's been this way for years even before we were doing turbos in, in our in our in our tuning side of things, but we'll have guys call in saying that their truck is underpowered or their truck is smoky or the truck just isn't running as well as it should. We've even seen it in the past where we've had guys come into the shop, uh, to get a truck diagnosed. And it's been to multiple shops or even the dealer rather, and they could never figure out what was going on. In a simple tool that I think every diesel owner needs is a boost tester. And what that does is it it checks the air charge system. Now, you get the famous, well, my truck makes X amount of boost, right? Well, I can't hear a leak. That, that That's bullshit. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you got to actually pressurize the air charge system to ensure that there is no boost leaks. Now, traditionally, you would go through the charge pipe, okay, which is the intercooler pipe off of the discharge of your compressor housing of the turbo. It's been a great option, but you still leave out the actual turbocharger, which you could potentially have a leak with the compressor cover to the center section.
0: Do you know, it's funny you bring that up, Chris. I was talking to the guys back in the Stealth Turbo Manufacturing yeah. Center, and they were talking about getting brand new turbos in, um, but like, like brand new off-the-shelf chargers, and Pressure testing on the actual turbo and the the turbo leaking, the the seal right where the compressor cover mounts to the housing, um, that seal actually leaking under pressure. And you start to think, you're like, how many guys have a small leak they don't know
1: about? So what this does is the, the, the stealth boost tester is going to boost test your entire air charge system. So if you have a Duramax from 2001 to 2021, we have a boost test kit for you. If you have a Cummins from 1989 to 2021, we have a boost test for you. Just release that. Just release that, and then we have some Ford stuff in the works here that will be coming out in the future. Um, But what this does is it allows you to boost the entire air charge system. So as long as you have a stock-appearing style turbo... Okay. Doesn't matter if it's a stealth or, you know, a different aftermarket drop in turbo that is wholeset or garrett. That's right. If it runs a stock intake. Yep, a stock intake, it will work. Um, and of course, you know, stock turbocharger or our stealth brand, you know, the boost tester will work and it's affordable and it's really easy to use. Yeah. But it's a peace of mind, you know. So it's it's it, it's turbo health is the best way to put it because too many times you see turbochargers fail. If they fail, that means it's premature, in my opinion. I don't care how old the truck is. If it fails, why did it fail? Okay. And you start to see a lot of, you know, overspeeding issues. Well, it might not necessarily mean that your boost gauge is going to show that the turbo overboosted, but you're seeing a boost reference, right? And the turbocharger is spinning. And if there is an air leak or air can escape to the atmosphere, the turbo is going to be overspeeding to, you know, over for that loss. exactly yeah. so it's a really cool tool like i said i mean any any diesel enthusiast any diesel owner i think uh you know it, it's something that you you need and you know you do a boost leak down test you know every every oil change every other oil change just to make sure you're good
0: absolutely yeah i think that's really good advice the maintenance on it yeah um one of the other things i would say that i i thought really stood out to me about that kit is not only is it the only kit that actually includes the turbocharger with your test Yep. um but also that it's made of extremely high-quality components. Yeah. So we've seen cheap pressure gauges fail. Oh, yeah. We've seen cheap boots come apart. We've dug through a box of PVC fittings to try to match something together to yeah. redneck tech it to oh, make yeah. it work. Yeah. Uh, we, we've been there. We've done that, and, and there's a reason that the guys in our shop love the kit. Yeah. And there's a reason that, that I know you as an end user or, or a shop owner – I know you're going to love the kit as well. So, yeah, definitely check those out. Uh, speaking of high-quality products from a high-quality source, uh, that's why we work with WC Fab and Exergy Performance. Chris and I have been promising we're going to do a fuel additive episode. Uh, winter is finally fully upon us up here snow, in northern w- Illinois. Snow
1: outside no. and <laughs> all.
0: <laughs> I, I can't get rid of that two inches of ice in my driveway now. Um, and, of course, all the gas stations near me are sold out of salt. Of so course. Way cool. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no worries. This the um, season. Now, now is the perfect time for us to, to do some, some real-world application yeah. on, on the fuel additive in two different vehicles. I'm going to run it in my all-stock uh, X535D. Uh, And, Chris, you're going to run it in your Cummins,
1: yeah, maybe in the The, TDI? The TDI, TDI, literally when we leave here, I'm going to throw some additive in there, fill the car up, and and start collecting some data. I am very hands-on. I know how many miles that car goes per tank, what the car averages for fuel mileage, and uh, I'm one with the car. So, you know, you listen to the engine and know how it (laughs) runs. Well, you do. You know, you you hear things. So, you know, the TDI will be getting it first, of course, because that's my main winter commuter and it'll be going in the truck as well, um, so I'm excited. You know, I've heard some good feedback from customers already who uh, we've gotten set up with it. Yeah, um, read a couple things online and stuff like that. I've had a couple of in depth conversations with the boys over at Exergy on it as well. Which, you know, we're we're have future plans of getting them on the podcast and doing something like that. So I'm really excited. You know, there's some good content to come.
0: Absolutely, um, Chris. This week we are going to take a look back at 2020, and that yeah. that's really what what I think. Guys, I know we're a week, whole week behind on getting this episode yeah. out, but well, it you were on into vacation. Being, yeah, You're I, I vacation, took a vacation. You know? I took a vacation. Rightfully also, so. It's a large project. Um, oh yeah. So, so we we really buried our editor Justin, uh, who we want to give a big shout out yeah. to. You um, help, Justin. You guys have heard Justin Tyson on the show. Uh, he's helped out with like going to Diesel Power Challenge. He also edits every single episode. Yeah. A lot of times in a very short amount of time yep. with very little warning. Um, so, so we really appreciate uh, putting him through the ringer on that stuff, uh, and we know he really knocks it out of the park. So, big shout out to him. He he did have a couple of notes as he was doing some of the editing for the clip show, Chris. Okay. Uh, apparently, there's a few phrases that you and I say yeah. a lot.
1: I mean, I'll tell you right now as I'm as I'm looking at this list, and we're going to go through them. Um, there is one on mine that I would have to say, Justin. Missed, but then I was thinking about. It, I was like, maybe I didn't really say it that much in twenty twenty. What do you think it was? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was a bad yeah. one. Twenty nineteen, past years, it was a bad I, one.
0: I I edited the list um and pulled out some of the 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 verbal pauses, yeah, the verbal yeah. gaffs. Um, I I pulled some of those out because I'm like, I also say absolutely yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is like passive tens of just to agree with It's somebody. just an easy
1: way to transition. You it, know? Is, yeah. it is. It uh, is.
0: So, so I, I pulled some of those out, uh, but what I thought was funny is is yours came up with that's a robust platform. Yeah. yeah. Um, we would love, God, if you're if you're really a nerd about the show, please go back. Give us a rough number of what Jeez. you think <laughs> oh, God. Chris Emke said, re, the reference of robust platform. Yeah. Um, the
1: VP44 one, though, man, I mean, that's the easiest way to identify a 24-valve second gen, because if you say 24-valve, that could be common rail, that could be a lot of different things. So, um, I don't. I don't agree with that one. I, we just must talk about second. I understand, a
0: lot. <laughs> but if, if you're Justin and you're the one who had no, to go for back sure. and listen to for sure sixty some episodes from last year, um, and you're like, man, Chris really says VP forty four a lot. Yeah, yeah. I I'd say that's probably pretty true.
1: Now, what I love um, about yours, Paul, okay, <laughs> is every intro to someone we interview. How the hell are you? Right, yeah. like that is embedded <laughs> into my brain, um, as I'm sure our listeners are as well. And uh, you know I love it. That's always something that you know you you kind of close out. That
0: is, and I love it. Identify I love it. what someone I love it. says. Yeah, apparently um, that one comes up a lot. And
1: some wild stuff going on, huh? I think about I think about that phrase, and the blank stare. Like you give me a look after you say that every time. So I mean, Justin did well with that. I I, I would have yeah. to agree with all of them.
0: Yeah, some of those are are like that's me. Yeah that that's me with excellent so, planning and right some wild right there. some wild <laughs> stuff going on
1: huh is fuck i didn't plan for this this is this is my you what know hand response yeah <laughs> chris it's you yeah but abs. yeah
0: yeah well hey guys um throughout the year we had so many highlights i couldn't we legit sat down for an hour and talked about this stuff and could not come up with like a perfect plan to get everybody involved and get everything in that we wanted. So we wanted to kind of go through in a, a timeline-wise and walk you through, what while we were looking back at, at the year, what stood out to us. Yeah. Uh, and first and foremost, KJ is always such a, a, a great guest to have on the show. He's always got really cool stuff to talk about, yeah. the diesel power challenge stuff. And at this time last year diesel power magazine was going through a huge change yeah uh, so we want to give a shout back or a jump back here to January 11th of 2020 and KJ Jones from diesel Power magazine telling us about the future of diesel power magazine. We have KJ Jones from diesel Power magazine
1: KJ how the hell are you? Oh,
3: Paul I'm good. I'm good. What's up Chris Happy new Year to you guys.
1: yeah thank you you as well man you've been a busy guy lately. No kidding.
3: Yeah. I'm always busy, but I guess maybe more busy than usual is a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: hey, it's been great to see all of your Facebook live feeds coming through. Yeah. I know I've been jumping on and watching those and getting some really good information there, and they're always a lot of fun. Um, but but I think one of, the, one of the big things going on is we're going to start with Diesel Power Magazine changing their distribution model a little bit.
3: Yes, well, the distribution model uh, has changed from uh, being the the print product or magazine that everyone has uh, been familiar with for many years, for 15 years, and uh, the change has taken that product and that content, the buzzword is content in this day and age, um, that content is now online. It's on the web. It's um, on the Internet. It's available to your computer, your tablet, your phone, and however else you get uh, any of your other content. There's just no longer a printed version of Diesel Power Magazine.
0: All right, man. Uh, yeah. January uh, did not hold back. So, a big shock that they were going to stop printing. Right. I think the content's still great, to be it honest is. with you. It really I, is. I, I, I still follow them. I, I still mean, read all the I, articles. Even when
1: the magazines were being published, I would go on dieselpowermagazine.com, and I was looking at reading articles. I mean... Me, when I was younger, you know, I collected every magazine, every, you know, I was always a subscriber. Right. Um, but, you know, there were articles that I would remember... Just working here, and I'm like, oh, I remember a truck years back, and I would look it up on their website. Yeah. So, you know, it, it wasn't much of a transition for me. It's thinks that when you go to, you know, your local grocery store or something that it's not sitting on the newsstand, but the content's still great. They're still killing it over there. So, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, more more future growth to come there.
0: Absolutely. Now, this is also pre-COVID, Pre-COVID so at the time yeah. we were still talking about Diesel Power Challenge yeah. 2020. We really didn't have any any idea that that it was going to be canceled. Right. Um, so so we had talk to Chris Patterson, who's somebody I got to meet at Diesel Power Challenge yep. 2019. Great guy. Love giving Chris a hard time. You
1: know, how much how much content, right? I, I know that we're going to go into this. <laughs> yeah. But Chris Patterson was everywhere on social media 2020 <laughs> with his Cummins. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: Just another comment. So
1: through. it's he's one of those guys that I love to interview. We've interviewed him several times. Yep. Um, and he is a man that is true to his word. Simple as that. <laughs> and he is hyped. He is so excited about Diesel. I,
0: I, I think you're absolutely correct. Let's kick it back to January 24th. That's the first time we talked to Chris Patterson in – in 2020 and it was all about him still trying to get voted in he was yeah. only an alternate 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 yeah. with him it is, is just another coming so so here we go
2: so being an alternate i feel was quite the advantage for this year i got to kind of go
3: behind the scenes and see what it would really take to be competitive and and how the truck reacted to the altitude that everybody seems to be really concerned about uh yeah, it was just another comment. So yeah, that's pretty
2: pretty accurate.
0: Obviously, Richard will be the one guy that's coming right. back for this year. Um, do you think you have a bit of a competitive advantage over Richard, considering you've already seen him compete and and he hasn't really got to watch to see what you can do out on the track? Absolutely. All right. Uh, Chris Patterson, wild, and, <laughs> yeah. and also not shy to call somebody out. No, That's no, what no. I love here. Well, But but what's funny is he calls out Richard Coker, and well, you know what? Let's kick it over to February 28th. Let's see what Richard Coker had to say about Chris Patterson calling him out. Uh, real talk, you you scared of Chris Patterson getting voted in? He's the only other one who's going to have seen the competition beforehand.
4: Hey, I, you know, I'll, I'll stand behind Chris all day, every day. He's a top-notch guy, does a heck of a job, and I'll continue to support him. I, I think he's got it. He's got a hell of a chance to come in, and be competitive. He he knows the drill. He's seen it to uh, I mean, it's, uh, I'm all for it. I want to see him there this year. So I, I hope everyone gives him a vote and get him there.
0: I love it. I love it. Too nice of a guy to just call him out and be like know, Chris is never going to win, yeah. right? I know. Yeah, we were looking for a little bit of conversation. <laughs> I was going to stir there. the pot,
1: but I yeah. Richard's also a nice guy. So. He doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't
0: care. Richard Coker is the world's nicest yeah. guy in diesel.
1: Genuine, down-to-earth, doesn't uh, give a fuck, and oh. he'll let the truck speak for itself. Oh, yeah. Chris is a good guy. Yeah. Good, good competitor.
0: <laughs> Come on, man. We I really I thought wanted some we had a fight going yeah, there. I really sure. thought we were going to build up a, a, a fight there, and, and it, it did not work. Um, Chris, one of our biggest episodes from all of 2020 came out to be DIY diesel fuck-ups. That was back, it was turns out, on Valentine's Day. What do you want to say about that clip before we kick it over to him?
1: I think that episode as a whole, it, it, it resonates well uh, with myself. And I think it, that's the reason why it's so popular. Because being on the phones over at CPS, everyone talks about, can I do this myself? Or what objectives or what obstacles am I going to have to overcome with doing this install? And I can only think about what I do myself firsthand. And I know my mechanical and abilities. Yeah. Right. Um, But we've seen some crazy stuff come in and out of the shop and I'm not (laughs) going to discredit anyone. Like I'm not here to bash anyone. But the episode that, you know, Jeremy, one of our our shop techs did, uh, hopefully we get him on for more episodes in the future. Yeah. um, It really highlighted some of those, you know, what's in the real world,
0: you know. And and that's that's where I think Jeremy, Jeremy Garnett, um, our our great tech, great Great tech over here at the shop. Um, I think that's one of the unique spots about his his job where we get some local business and we do quite a few local trucks yep. but a lot of our vehicles like a lot of our longer projects get shipped in from across yep. the country
1: some that have already been touched right some that have not been touched
0: and so and so with that we get to see a wide range yep. like the guy shipping his truck across the country. Usually has a little bit different budget than the the kid coming in to get a turbo, pump.
1: or slightly different uh, uh, patience. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know? right.
0: So so we we get to see that kid who who's been wrenching on his truck for for a year, and now he's yeah. just stuck, and the project is stalled because yep. he doesn't know what to do next. And we've also seen that guy bring his truck in and have no idea that anybody touched it before yep. him, and no idea there was a problem underlying uh, um, or lying underneath. So so I think that that's a really cool episode. Well. We'll let Jeremy speak for himself. What's your experience around trucks and troubleshooting?
5: Um, Started off when I was about nine years old and was pushing a broom in a shop, and now I'm 38 years old and still doing it. So, been around it my whole life, seen a lot of do's, seen a lot of don'ts, and... Seen and you, a lot of fuck ups and you have
1: like uh, <laughs> like electronic diag yeah. and like fabrication skills i've seen you work on stuff like that in the past i mean you're you're well rounded to say the
4: least
5: yo yeah, oh yeah like uh, when it comes to just putting things together figuring mm-hmm. things out uh example right now i'm making a 47 re f- you know just an lv 7 truck
1: so it's yeah. so a dodge fun. trans into a duramax chassis mm mm-hmm. mhm What could go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing, Paul. It went together perfect. Yeah, it actually looks really nice. Having the ability to go check it out, I mean, that's off to you, man.
5: Oh yeah, no. Like, work came out very well. Yeah. Uh, it's just trying to make like neutral safety switch work and reverse lights mm-hmm. and make sure it starts in park. <laughs> you know, and not All the, the little things. things right. <laughs> All those little details to button up. No big deal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no big deal. Wait, so, so you uh, can't just buy the swap kit and just put it in? No. Oh no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. But it comes with an install. Yeah. Kit. You're hey, done. You got instructions, right? No. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> There's a YouTube video though.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a standard mechanic, he jumps on YouTube and figures it out. So you no get one deal. of those.
1: <laughs> see that switch up there? <sighs> <You> know, like, <laughs> um,
0: okay, well, we did bring Jeremy in today because he, he is an expert with this stuff. Uh, I know he's helped us out with troubleshooting stuff yep. for customers in the past and, and things of that nature. Uh, I know one of the things that I've seen commonly guys do wrong at home is understand what a math sensor is or how it works or which orientation it goes. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that, Jeremy? What have you seen and, and what are... Some of the common solutions for those common problems.
5: Well, a math sensor, you know, reads you know the grams per second of how much airflow is going through the air filter into the you know into the truck. Um, a lot of guys actually put them in backwards. That's
6: yeah, very <laughs> so,
5: common. It's what we uh, see. There's yeah. actually an arrow on it, um, and then they wonder why the truck's running wrong and things like that. Uh, mass airflow sensors do go bad. Then the truck's gonna smoke heavily
1: mm-hmm. things like that you see um, you see times like oil oil filters and that debris getting on there and exactly things
5: like that. Uh, dirty air filters i mean yeah. we'll throw off a math reading huge clean air filters the cheapest and best thing you could ever do <laughs> yeah <laughs> you
1: know yeah yeah
0: no that's it's such a no-brainer how much of our list today has to do with maintenance yeah, yeah. right just like Guys just skipping over simple maintenance. Mm-hmm. Uh, MAF, Chris, give us some of the symptoms customers call in oh, with yeah. when they have a, a problem with the MAF sensor. What's the most common things they tell us?
1: Yeah, I, I think, well, uh, usually guys will call in not knowing that they have a MAF issue. Right, right, right. Um, and it boils down to truck not being responsive. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of hone in into that one being, well, does a truck produce any smoke? Listeners out there, if the truck's smoky and not responsive you have other problems. If the truck is not smoky, no smoke, and not responsive, chances are the truck's not getting the proper fueling. Well, why isn't the truck getting the proper fueling? Well, that's because the MAF isn't reading the the proper airflow coming in in a Duramax or like in a 6.7 Power Stroke. Air through the MAF is how the engine fuels.
0: Right. Right. So, I think one of my my keys to knowing I was dealing with a MAF issue has always been when somebody calls in and says, yeah, it's not responsive. I say, well, does it ever feel responsive? Like, does all the power come on? They're like, well, yeah. At like 2,000, okay, 2,300. Right. Does yeah. it all seem to come on at once like a freight train? Yep. Like, you're running, you're running, you're running. It won't go anywhere, it won't go anywhere, and then it slams like a, like a big turbo, like a big single turbo hitting. Yep. They're like, yeah, I'm like, check your MAF. Math. Yep, right. um, math being in backwards, there's an arrow. Guys still mm-hmm. miss it. Yeah. Easy way, I always remember the filament faces the filter. Yep. Yep. The filament faces the filter. But I uh, didn't get no codes. Yeah.
5: <laughs> uh, sometimes there is. Uh, you know, sometimes there side. is. Sometimes there's not. Well, sometimes there's a uh, two filaments, one on each side. Just remember, bigger sure. one goes towards the front. There you go. Uh, and then some aftermarket ones don't have an arrow. Uh, bigger filament yeah. goes towards the front.
1: You oh. got it. And then the other thing too, just a little caveat on that. You know, guys putting on different air intakes. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not. You know, there's a lot of uh, great aftermarket options. Um, and some vendors, they might ever so slightly change the position of the MAP sensor. Or the inside diameter of that tube that they're putting on, you know, Duramax guys put on them badass five-inch intakes oh, instead yeah. <laughs> of the four, like whatever. That changes the reading. The truck has to be rescaled and tuned for that. That changes how the truck fuels. So. Hundred yeah. percent.
5: We actually just ran into that case on uh, that twin kit we put on that LML that missions compliant twin kit. Oh really? Yeah, we had to put use a factory air box because the aftermarket. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was really different. Work. Yep. Really, yeah. yeah, and you see that a lot with the with the newer you know to kind of segment mm-hmm. of that the newer trucks like the fifteen Ram or like our fifteen sixteen LML twin kit we utilize the factory airbox. The factory airbox supplies enough air volume first off, mm-hmm. but we need that because of the the factory scaling you know to make sure that the truck is, is fueling properly. And yeah. We're not too rich, so absolutely.
0: All right, guys, um, we love doing episodes with other podcasts. Yeah, uh, <laughs> what's funny is is the guys from Engine Noise podcast who who's a, a, a crossover show we, we did this year back in March they they really had so much faith in our technical aptitude to yep. put together a crossover episode with four people on yep. and and it turns out that that was before we had found Ringer yep. that was before we had solved the iPhone into the yep. the the board we had all sorts of technical issues that like we had just been Hodgepodge it through for a few years to make this stuff work, and like really had never dove into fixing some of the actual technical stuff. Yeah. Um, and we ended up we recorded the show with them, and their audio turned out to be better than our yeah, audio recording. Yeah. Uh, so, but it, but it was a great episode. They're such cool guys. I'm still a subscriber. Chris, yeah. do you listen to their show? Yes, I do. Awesome, man. Uh, so, well, yeah, let's kick it over to them and give you guys a little taste of what
7: that sounded like. Welcome to the Engine Noise podcast, brought to you by our awesome sponsor 1auto.com. A podcast for two-year yourselfers like me who do not mind getting their hands covered in diesel fuel. I am your car guy and podcast host, Jeremy Nutt, and I'm Matt Lantaine, the co-host of Engine Noise podcast, and I can't wait to fill my brain with some diesel knowledge. Oh yeah, Matt, it's happening. Well, hey, guys. Thanks for calling in. This is Paul Wilson and Chris Emke from the Diesel Performance Podcast joining us on the Engine Noise Podcast today.
3: Jeremy and Matt, thank you so much for having us. This is Paul, and I'm Chris. Man, we're excited. You guys got a great show. I know I've definitely listened to a couple of episodes. I know Chris has checked it out. We're excited, man. It's not often we get to be a guest on a show.
7: Yeah, it's very exciting to have you guys on the show because I am not a diesel guy, but I am a car guy, so I can speak the lingo. But diesels have just never been something that I've gotten involved with. So I'm I'm excited to learn a little bit and kind of see the diesel world through your eyes. Me being not a diesel guy, and I'm more of the novice type guy where I can, you know, change my brakes, I can change my oil, that kind of stuff. I'll start off with probably the number one question that you get all the time. Why the black smoke? (laughs) (laughs) Does a diesel burn cleaner than gas? Now, I've heard that you guys have mentioned that this is, like, the number one question you get asked, especially by, like, novices or people not in the diesel world. So we figured we'd hit you with that one first.
3: No, it's a good question. It all comes down to how new it is and how it's set up. I mean, that's really what smoke comes down to. The big thing we've preached for the entire life of the podcast and and probably our experience in diesel is that smoke is really wasted fuel. It's missed opportunity on horsepower. So if you got a really smoky truck, that means that we've essentially just overfueled it. We just have a really, really rich mixture, and that's what you're seeing go off the tailpipe. So on like your normal street-driving truck, there's no need to see any smoke. We get higher horsepower, better fuel mileage, better everything with no smoke than we do with smoke. If you're watching sled poles you see a truck hooked to a giant sled being dragged through the dirt, Mm -hmm. You're going to see some smoke there just due to the load and and that kind of specific situation. But Uh, other than that, we really don't have smoke anymore. That's something of the past. That's that's what the old dinosaur trucks are known for.
7: I've heard you guys talk about common rail and not common rail. Now, do you see the smoke happen more on non-common rail trucks?
3: Yes. It has to do with injection pressure. So Mm -hmm. with older technology, when we talk about like older... 6.5 Chevy diesel or like 12-valve Cummins or the earlier 24-valve Cummins, they run like a 50 or 60 PSI injection pressure. It's extremely low, Um, and it doesn't allow for the atomization in the cylinder to take place thoroughly. So that's where you see a lot of lead-off, and then that's where you see a lot of that black smoke be produced. Ah. Over probably the last 20 years, where the common rail injection has been adopted into the light-duty pickups, Duramax was the first come and followed suit, and then Ford was last to add that into their arsenal, if you will. The injection pressures have gotten higher and higher. So uh, 23,000 PSI was the first variation of common rail injection in the Duramax, to now it's pretty much a standard to be around 30,000 PSI wow. of injection pressure. So it's just all about atomizing fuel in the cylinder, and fuel pressure is what's yep. allowing that to take place. I would say it's really similar to the concept between, like, an old mechanical carburetor and direct inject, right. you know, on a gas vehicle. You know, it's just that old mechanical technology compared to new computer control technology.
7: Yeah, I would think, to sort of simplify it in Yeah, Jeremy, own... please simplify it for me. <laughs> so, Co- it... So, hold on. <laughs> Sorry. So, common rail, we're talking yep. about, like, fuel rail. Yep. Okay, and this is, is. how yep. the gas is getting into the engine and how it's, like, spit there to burn. Right. Basically, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah.
3: So you have an injection pump that turns fuel from low pressure to high pressure, and then that sits in, in an actual rail. That's where the common rail comes into play. Okay. And then off of that rail, there's X amount of injection lines. Whether you have a six cylinder or an eight cylinder, uh-huh. and that rail has constant pressure and feeds the lines going to the injector.
7: Aha. So you're saying on the older trucks it was only like 60 psi. Is that what I heard?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's, wow. there's a lot of different variation to injection pressure and in how the older style trucks were set up. If you had an injection pump, again, that turned pressure from a lower pressure to a higher pressure, but that injection pump would have six lines or eight lines ran through it,
7: right. and then you
3: would have that line go directly to a mechanical injector that would open and close by pop-off
0: pressure. Chris Cyril, UCC 2020. Yeah. This was... This was a tough episode. This This is when I think COVID and lockdowns really hit me as being real.
1: This is—I mean, I remember the week prior to this, roughly, was when we were sitting in a meeting at at the at our company. Yeah, and we were talking about what's going to happen in the weeks to come. Right. Um, so yeah, this is like, I get the chills thinking about March of 2020 and the turning point of what we thought life was (laughs) and what life became. (laughs) Um, they were hopeful, you know, I, you'll, you'll hear it in this podcast of, of what we were hoping was going to be the turnout going into UCC 2020. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll share a clip and just leave it at that
5: 20 or so vendors that, you know, call me up and I'm like, well, what do you do? Um, well, we have, you know, gutter-proof rain guttering or clutter-proof <laughs> rain
8: guttering or we sell
5: lights for houses i'm like yeah well we'll we'll buy a space it tell us how much it's like no that's i'm sure you'll buy a spot but that's not
0: what we're creating here so uh guys we i i just got a message on the facebook page the other day chris yeah. at duramax tuner a very nice gentleman was asking me what we have available for his I think two thousand five six, six liter power yep. stroke, and I was like, "Oh man, we got this great turbo. Yep. It's it's a Stell sixty seven G two. It's really awesome. It's capable of six hundred or seven hundred and fifty horsepower. It's a drop in. It's stock appearing. You're gonna love it." He writes back like, "No, I, I, I just need tuning. I already have upgrades." Yep. And I was like, "Oh, sorry, man. I don't. We don't do six liter tuning here. But if, if you're looking yep. for somebody, the guys at Innovative Diesel, they're the number one in the market." Yep. Now, this gentleman was a little surprised, um, I think, when I told him that we don't do tuning yeah. for the 6-liter. And
1: then recommend and hype another company. <laughs> then hype another yeah, company. Yeah.
0: So, his, his conversation in mine went a little bit different route than I expected. But the reason that I recommend Innovative is because I actually got a chance to talk with Eric and AJ, and they are probably
1: Very knowledgeable.
0: two of the smartest diesel guys I have ever spoke yeah. to. Uh, I, I think there is no way we could do a clip show without including this highlight from 2020.
6: Diesels are the thing. Here's here's the software. Have fun. So I went and bought a 2003 six liter. Started playing <laughs> with the software, and uh, I hit the drag strip. So um, and 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 and, 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 I, and, I'll, and I'll keep this short because you know I could talk about it forever. But I went through the drag strip and I was racing against four guys, and they had seven threes. A buddy of mine, Greg Dupron, uh, Doc Boy, he was real popular on the forums. He's pretty semi-retired from the industry now, but he had a 7.3 down there running uh you know full bigger turbo injectors nitrous and here comes eric up to the line with the the six liter that nobody really knows about and uh greg brought bust out like a 1280 and i ran through it like 1350 and a quarter mile and he was like oh my gosh what do you have done to this truck so i popped the hood and it was just a tune we didn't have intakes exhaust or anything back then it was just a tune so greg posted it online and everybody called us a liar they swear i sprayed nitrous. <laughs> so that's, that's after that i was hooked
1: <laughs> all right uh I like that. You know, you think about, I just want to kind of go back to that. You think of six leaders and you have two individuals that are passionate, as you can tell from that clip and that, and that interview. They literally took the biggest basket case diesel <laughs> platform and, and perfected it, right? Yeah. So it's just an eye opener. You know, there's a lot of love for trucks. Speaking of love for trucks, right, uh, we had Josh McCormick back in May um, and the, the, interview title was I love trucks, guns, and bacon. (laughs) Josh, uh, is an extremely enthusiastic diesel enthusiast and a professional, right? He works over at, uh, uh, diesel, uh, powered, power driven diesel, right? Um, huge on social media. He has a bunch of cool truck projects. He posts and documents everything. He's a great guy. I love when we have opportunities to talk to him. Um, but we'll, we'll kick it over to his, uh, enthusiastic clip here.
8: I would say like the, the biggest challenge is definitely tuning. Um, obviously I rely heavily on Gordon and I just give him really inexperienced feedback, but I would say tuning has been a, been pretty hard. Um, setting up the fuel system, like figuring out how big return lines needed to be. And then, I mean, I work for power driven diesel, uh, and they do the trans work. It's been really hard getting a tranny to stay in there. Um, cause you're asking it to do so many different things, right? Like I want it to do rolling burnouts in the overdrive, and I want it to still sit and stop and go traffic. And, like, I mean, last year we were stress testing it. We were doing, we had my truck on a gooseneck hooked to the 05, doing four wheel drive boosted launches with it. And, uh, you know, we seem to have it. I mean, this is the most miles I've gotten on it uh, without having any issues. So, so far, so good. I mean, we really. Been hitting the R and D. I mean, we've been shattering planetaries. Um, you know, second gear bands are just kind of a thing now that it likes to eat through, and um, it's been really hard on like the forward clutch pack. Uh, and we kind of, I mean, this year we kind of changed it up a little bit because again, I mean, you most guys will sled pull with it, or they'll daily drive with it, or they'll tow with it, or they'll drag race with it. I want a seventy-two hundred pound truck to be able to do all four at you know 13 to 1500 horsepower that's i I don't care what trend you put in there that's asking a lot so we're getting really good at really good at trans work
0: man you know josh was a lot of fun uh and you can hear it there but but i think another one that i really liked hearing from was trent skinner who's who's an odss competitor uh now going into to the middle of last year wasn't the greatest for for making all the events Yeah, Yeah, they still had a few that's awesome Um, but yeah, Trent Skinner, I think is going to be another one that you guys are going to love to hear from.
4: So as of today, um, I'm currently setting it up to try to run 670 and ODSS. Uh, I love that series, man. It's a great series. Started racing it full-time last year and ran 770 and ET. And, um, this winter kind of got a little bit of crazy, went to pull the bed. And I was like, Oh, you know, I have a really good friend that he runs 770 as well. And, you know, he was like, well, let's start messing with it. So, you know, um, went through the rear end, mounted the shocks vertically, got a set of, uh, QA1 adjustable shocks, um, put a fuel cell in it, put a set of, uh, trans coolers in it, uh, cow tracks, two leaves, you know, the whole nine yards on the rear, um, rewired the truck and then started building the engine, man. Um, still staying with the stock bottom end for right now. And, Still, maybe Rock decides to get mad at me, but as far as that, uh, you know, I'm trying to maybe try to run 670 with the weight, not so much the horsepower. So <clears throat> less weight, you know, not a, not as hard on parts. But I don't know. We'll see. I have a 67 uh, in my garage too, ready to go. So five nine ended up uh, ends up not being happy with me. I can go definitely to the six seven. So
0: going fast. Yep. Having a lot of experience. Yep. Knowing what you're doing. And then talking with our next clip is going to be from Anthony Brunelli, who's homegrown here at, at yep. Duramax Tuner. What do you want to say about Chach?
1: You know what I think is 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 a nice transition. There is when you think of Trent Skinner, you're you're talking to someone who is. Who is aged in the market? Okay. He understands the industry to some degree. He's advanced when it comes to diesel modification, diesel racing, and whatnot. And then you flip script and and you become a little bit more humbled and talk about someone who is starting in the diesel industry. And everyone starts here at one point or another. Yeah. And that's where I think the modifications ain't easy really hits home because Paul, you, myself, Nick, the owner, Calibrated Power Duramax Tuner, we all started from the same place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. doing it the wrong way, doing it the wrong, doing it the wrong way. Some still do some learned. Right. But it's just it's a reminder that we all start somewhere. Right. And and what you want to take from that and how you want to grow and learn and and gain that knowledge. You know, Um, it's just we weren't all experts. At one point, that's right, man. Yeah. Hey,
0: and by the way, if you want to follow Anthony along on Instagram, I believe he's at Rusty Lly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. has his, his Lly is Rusty. <laughs> Hit
4: him so. up. Good for him. Welcome to the Diesel Performance Hi. Podcast. This is Justin Tyson
3: and Chris Anki.
4: And as you're probably aware, uh, Paul is not here. I. He's probably celebrating the 4th. Chris, do we have any idea what he's doing?
3: No. Yeah,
4: no idea. We have no idea what Paul's doing. But, you know, I'm sure none of you miss his voice. I know Chris definitely doesn't, but uh, <laughs> it'll be nice to take a break. But uh, anyway, we also are joined by a gentleman that works with us that is a diesel enthusiast to the max. Chris, he's like a little brother to you. Let's uh, let's talk to him. Who is it?
3: Oh, man. So uh, we have Anthony Brunini. Uh, Anthony's been with us over at the shop now for a few years. He uh, started off as kind of like a customer support guy, and now he's in a sales role in the organization. He's had a couple cool Duramaxes over the years. So, Anthony, how are you, man?
2: Dude, I'm good. It only took three years before I got on a podcast. I'm pretty stoked about it.
3: <laughs> man, Anthony's one of those guys that when he gets put into an odd situation or, like, a new situation that, you know, he has looked up to for some time, he gets really sweaty palms. <laughs> so, Justin, you should check his palms. They're,
2: they're, they are extremely red. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like he literally held them up, and I'm like, damn, dude, that is now my 05 LOI. It was <clears throat> ever since I was a kid, like, big quick background. My dad's always had red vehicles, like, he had two red Transams, so like, red was the color for me. And I know you were helping me for a while, and everyone here knows it, it had to be either like a, a VVT truck, so an LOY or an LBZ, it had to be crew cab and red. And then, you know, I think we were hanging out, and you told me, hey, I got this guy in Marketplace own so a red LOI with relatively low miles, and um, we just—I mean, we took like a four-hour trip to go pick up the truck, and I feel like you know the rest is history. We're at the we're at where we are now with the truck. So then we have uh,
1: Byron Sador from Trucks of Ontario.
0: Speaking of Instagram, uh, Byron's our our probably most famous Canadian uh, yeah. Instagram guy. Um, man, Byron's just a good time. He's Honestly, good time. he's still good working energy. with us uh, as an admin on the the Canadian Diesel Community awesome. Facebook group. Uh, so I get to talk to Byron on a, on a very regular basis. Uh, big shout-out to Byron. We'll let him talk about himself.
2: Well, like you just said, it's basically just – it's more of a truck scene, more so than just a diesel scene. But, yeah, it's Truck enthusiasts. It started out as just a small Instagram page way back in 2013. Um, and just one day, I just decided to, to host a truck meet on, like, a Wednesday night in a Lowe's parking lot. And – More trucks showed up than followers we had at the time. And I was kind of, I was amazed. I was like, we're on to something here. Um, So, and obviously with the success of that first truck meet, you know, word of mouth, and it got bigger and bigger. And so here today, now the page has grown to 30,000. The Facebook groups, you know, 14,000 members. It's constantly active, buy and sell, looking for advice, everything that you'd want in a you know, in a truck group, in a community, it's there. Chris. Um,
1: the
0: next one did, was a popular one. We did history of the Duramax, history of the yep. Cummins, history of the Power Stroke at the end of 2019. Yep. And then when we came around towards quarter three, quarter four of, of 2020, we were like, man, we really like doing those history the episodes. The histories
1: are a good one. They, you know, it's very educational.
0: But, but, we didn't want to go and do like the history of Mahindra because yeah, no. it's three years old. It, so so we thought we'd instead we'd dive into specific complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So we did the history of Duramax turbochargers. I honestly didn't believe or think that it was gonna take as much preparation time as it did. Chuck. I really thought I was I learned like something. I know all the turbos. I We're learned good. something from that. You know, and it, it's cool when you know, I, granted I haven't been in school in years and I was never very good in school when I was in school, but both. it um doing in doing research on something that you enjoy in learning something from it and yeah. something that you deal with on a day to day is, is really cool. Um, so let's, let's just kick it over to that.
0: We are diving into the history of Duramax turbocharging. Uh, Duramax has been around since 2001. They're still running today. It's mm-hmm. always been a 6.6 liter. It's the only manufacturer that's held out the displacement throughout their entire life, yeah. uh, since 01. So it's, I think it's going to be a cool topic. I used a lot of resources for this, the ones that I wrote down were Duramaxhub.com, one of my favorite places to go, iHi-Turbo.com, Diesel International, Driving Line, uh, specifically the Duramax history, um, all of the lessons that were by Mike McLaughlin. There's like one through seven, nope. I think it is. Um, they were all awesome. Great job, Mike. Uh, also used Diesel Power Magazine. I used an article that was the 01 to 04 Chevy lb 7 Duramax. Use Diesel Resource. I use GarrettMotion.com. I went around and tried to find as many places as we could to pull this info together. Now, Chris, you and I have quite a bit of—I I call it tribal knowledge—around yeah, yeah. these turbos, right? We deal with them every day, and we've talked about them mm-hmm. for years. I thought I'd let you kick it off with the LB7.
1: Yeah. So, uh, what what's the the LB7 is such an iconic platform. I feel in in diesel. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was the first. On the market uh, in the in this you know light duty pickup you know medium duty pickup trucks whatever you want to call them uh, common rail injection, right? That's um, the big one. It's the big one, and they packed a big turbocharger. All things considered, uh, to produce some pretty pretty respectable power,
0: especially uh, compared to its predecessor, where the the six is what came before the Lb sevens. Yep. And and I know on my six and probably all of them, there's a big sticker on the intake that says do not spray ether Yep, because yep. <laughs> it will explode this yep. turbo.
1: And I think a couple of the things that made this engine so cutting edge, you know, the common rail injector and common rail injection system, that that's the big thing that pops up. Um, but it was an iron block with aluminum cylinder heads. It had the, um, the Allison trans, which was a big deal. And to this day is still, still deemed age. a big deal. Yes. Um, you know, you always hear the guys, Oh, if I get a Cummins with an Allison behind her, you know, to always, always for Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But you know, they, The Duramax came out in 01 with, you know, swinging hands. You know, like it had something to prove. Um, It had forged steel rods with aluminum pistons, uh, 300 horsepower, 520 foot pounds of torque. Now, let's put this in perspective, okay? If you were to have purchased a 01 Cummins of this year, it was. At best, a whopping 235 horse. So, 7.3 was even lower, wasn't it? 7.3s were under 200 horsepower. Yeah. like I I think like 190, 200 and something, like very, very low. low. So, legitimately 300 horse, 500 foot-pounds of torque out of the gate, again, swinging,
0: right? You know how the 2019 Cummins came out with the high output, the 1,000 foot-pounds of torque? And it was like, it's a huge deal. Yeah. One, pretty short time span. We're talking about just 19 years. We're more, almost doubled our, yep. our torque output in, in highest torque of an of a available diesel. But just think about, like, the Duramax and the Ford in that same year of 2019s are in the, like, eight to 900 range yep. of foot pounds of torque. So so they, like, come in, they have the most, but not by a huge leak. Yep. It, it does not take much to catch them. Uh, in the Duramax, getting 500 foot pounds out of a 7.3, yeah, it's possible. Yep. But you're putting some money into it oh, yeah. for real. Oh, yeah. uh, and at Cummins, we know we can do it. But again, not the design from the factory.
1: No, I mean, out. especially when you're talking these years. I mean, it's very easy to take this 300-horse, 300, 300 500-foot-pound truck to 400-horse, 700-foot-pounds really easily. Like- Snap your finger, tune, you're there. It's just, it's crazy to see the technology. But back into this, um, it came with an iHi RH G6 waste gated turbocharger. Now, what's funny about this is, is not, well, not funny, but this is the only turbo in the Duramax lineup that's non variable vein.
0: That's right. Yeah. Only, so, only the, and the only, the only iHi charger. That's right. The only iHi. They got away from the iHi's pretty quickly. All right, guys. Um, bringing experts on the show is how we started yeah that, that's literally what what we used to say was we want people to come on the show who are an expert around the diesel performance community and just talk about what they know about uh and this was an opportunity where i i think somebody i think somebody from their media department over at peak the manufacturers of of blue Deaf and yep. blue Deaf platinum they reached out to me saying mm-hmm. like hey we see you have a diesel show we want to we wanna bring our CEO onto your show. Yeah. So I looked up and I watched an interview with a guy and like his corporate uh media person yeah. interviewing him, which was like just softballing him yeah. questions. I get it. I've had to do it. Um and I was like, Oh man, this guy, he's smart and he's sharp. Like the CEO is. Um but but I right away was like, you know, in this platform where like your suit and is not gonna help yeah. help no. your 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 polish sure of
1: your presence uh, at all we
0: want we want somebody who's going to be super technical and be able to answer technical questions and that's what we got was we got jay who's their senior project manager of peak blue Deaf platinum i never thought i would be interested in talking about yep. Deaf, but he, well here it is you were directly involved on on engineering this new brand of of DEF fluid,
9: I've been the product manager for uh, Blue DEF for two years now, and, and from the very beginning, I've been involved in setting up and uh, working on the project for Blue DEF Platinum. Awesome, awesome! So we're going to dive in and talk a little bit
0: about that product, what makes it different, and why our listeners should maybe pay attention if we have emissions equipment on our trucks. But I wanted to start back at the beginning, Jay. I ask all of our guests, how did you first get your your start? working around
9: automotive performance you know i think like a lot of guys uh my father brought me into it when we were six seven eight years old the old man would bring us out in the driveway and say hold this steering column up for me hold this thing so i can put the bolt in <laughs> so i got into it from a very early age and, and i enjoyed working with my hands and i started to pick up the various tasks how to weld how to wrench how to do this and that so i i i one of the few, I think, in my type of profession where I'm completely hands-on and I'll handle welding to construction to bodywork and painting, anything and everything.
0: Because you're an actual gearhead. We were talking before the show, and you actually have some fun projects and some cool vehicles floating around uh, your day-to-day
9: life. Hey, Not as cool as the stuff you got out back there, but <laughs> I'm very happy with the things that I'm playing with. Absolutely. Cool, man. Well, hey, let's help our listeners just kind
0: of get a handle on this, because I know, guys, emissions equipment is your number one favorite thing to talk about. Uh, I want to hit the basics for the guys who are brand new to this stuff. What is DEF? Because I don't think the references to calling it hog piss are quite
9: accurate. (laughs) It smells a little like hog piss. (laughs) But DEF is a very simple, fluid uh, product. It is 67.5% Automotive grade urea, a much purer grade of urea than you find in fertilizers and other products. And it's 32.5% deionized water. It's two simple components, but it has to be manufactured to very high standards of purity and quality to work correctly in a diesel emission systems.
1: I'm still upset that I wasn't there for that interview, right? I'm just going to start there. Um, but I did listen to it several times. You know, it's something where. You think about Deaf Fluid, right? It's not going to add performance, but if you buy a newer truck, you kind of have to use it. right? Yeah. So it's good to be educated on that.
0: Do you know, Jay was the the first one we had had back in the studio in, in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so so when, when we're in the studio, a little behind the scenes on podcasting, we do a sound check every time we have people in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so so you you get up, and we, I'll say something stupid like, hey, tell me what you had for breakfast. So they'll be like, "Oh, I had eggs and I had bacon." And then and then we adjust the sound levels to try to get them, you know, just quieter than me because we all know I talk yeah, really loud. Yeah, and, you do. And then and then we know that your peaks, right? Like yeah. Chris is going to be good, total totally until calm. I get excited about something. Until he gets excited yeah. or laughs and then we know like grab yep. the knobs. Yep. Um, but, man, Jay reminded me that, like, somebody will do sound check and then the minute you say record... Done.
1: They then talk
0: this time. <laughs> Jay, I, Jay God, was so good. Damn it, not your radio voice. <laughs> so, he was so good. That's awesome. Uh, but I did get a couple comments about the volume jump. But just yeah. so you guys know... Well worth it. To me, I will listen. I will turn the volume down on my headset anytime I can get great content yeah. like that. So we, we would love to have Jay back.
1: And then, uh, I mean, a little bit after that, back in uh, the beginning of December, we went live with uh, the Frank Cooperman of RevMax. I'm a big supporter of RevMax. I have a RevMax Trans in my truck. I think RevMax is kind of leading the pack on new trucks. They're already starting to get involved with, like, the 10-speed Allisons and stuff like that, which are really cool. Yeah. So it was a it was an honor to get him on the podcast and do an interview. So I guess without further ado, let's kick it over to that clip.
0: Well, the question I get nowadays is I'm thinking about buying a new Cummins, and I'm looking at that 1,000-foot-pounds out of that ASIN or getting a little bit like standard output and losing a little bit of that torque, but going with the 68. Now, personally, I recommend to guys like, hey, if you're going to leave the truck, tune only. And all you're ever going to do is put a tune on it. That sense a good trance. I, I, no, I got no hard complaints about it. Uh, but if you ever want to turn the power up in the truck, if you ever want to do a turbo upgrade, if you ever want to go drag racing, sled pulling, having fun, well, you probably want to do the 68 and then put some investments into it. Would you say that's a pretty fair piece of advice for guys getting into these
5: trucks?
10: You know, I'd say that's a dead on the money. Uh, what you just said there, uh, we'll, we echo the same things on our calls when customers. I mean, we get a call or an email a day about this. Um, <laughs> you know, if you're going to work your truck really hard and you're going to be towing super heavy with it all the time, you're better off. You know, a stock honestly leaving the truck stock is probably your best option. It's going to last the longest. Now, is it going to be the fastest or, or, you know, it's not. But it's going to work. It's going to be a work truck, and that's the truck you're looking for, and you're just looking for a little small tune on top of it. Then the AS69 absolutely, hands down, is the way you'd, I would want to go if I was optioning one of these trucks out. Now, if you want to go crazy with it, and what I mean crazy is if you're going to be doing any fuel or going to be doing any turbo upgrade at that at that point, you're going to start running into some brick walls that aren't. You're not going to be able to break through an, an AS69. I mean, take it from us. Two years ago, we had this great idea. Last second, you know, our truck wasn't ready yet, our white truck, our 68 truck. So we went out and bought another truck, an A69 truck. And I think that truck laid out, I think it was like 1,300 horse at UCC a couple of years ago. Yeah. But we didn't have time to mess with tuning with it. It was kind of the last second we threw it together. And, I mean, even now, we, we got rid of the truck maybe six or eight months ago. And I'll, and I'll tell you, no matter what we did with that truck, we can never make it shift right. And it had nothing to do with the trans. It was purely in the tuning side. They just don 't do well with power, okay. um, you know it, it, it sucks because you know the the guts of that trans you know its predecessor the as sixty eight in our opinion here is the worst diesel trans ever built, but it 's <laughs> yeah, ever that, worse than an e i mean we 're talking worse than an e four o d or a four or one hundred back in the day okay That's a big plane um, <laughs> junk, junk, garbage. Okay. And the AS 69, while it has the exact same layout internally, uh, a lot of those flaws are fixed. And as far as clutch capacity, we've got all the clutch capacity in the world in those units now available. The problem is the way the valve body is designed, the way the filament work in that valve body. And you know, the tuners they've tried to get in there. They've, they, no one can, no one, no one's been able to tune a fully tune one of those. If you pull a torque management off it, it won't shift. Um, So, and listen, they've already been out, what, uh, we're going on year number eight right now. Yeah. I don't think there's anything for them. So, yeah, if you want, you want to go a little faster, you're going to want the 68. It's hard to believe you want the lighter duty training, but you do because you invest some money into it. You can have a trans that can hold some serious power. You know, is it going to hold 1,500 horsepower? It's not forget the stuff you see <laughs> on the internet okay about it, this someone has like us with our with our 68 or there's a couple other ones out there you know in the 1500 horse range yeah. listen you can do it for a weekend um you saw us at ucc we ran we drove the truck back and forth to ucc we dragged it probably 10 or 12 times we ran a 10 i think it's like a 10-2 pass on that thing we dynoed don't the like 12 or i think it was like around 1200 horse so that that particular day in the dyno we, we turned it down a little bit um and we sled pulled with it and we drove it back home but listen you're not going to be able to do that for for six weeks in a row that, that's, <laughs> it's not going to happen and that's what people are, are expecting you know it, it's just not going to happen so as long as you have reasonable goals you can drive a truck reasonably a 60 rfe will do the job all
0: right guys um here at the end there's there's a few that that i went back and after after we were all the way done with our outline uh, we sat down and a few of us talked about like, hey man, they're.
1: It's kind of hard not to bring it's this. It's kind of hard not to yep. throw a few
0: more in there. So, so one of the ones that that really is near and dear to my heart uh, was Larkin Motors. Uh, we had Jeff and Josh uh, from Larkin Motors on. These guys have an awesome program up in the Northeast about veterans helping veterans. Where every month they bring in a veteran's vehicle and they do the repairs uh, for free. So, mm-hmm. so it, it's it's something that means a lot to me. Yeah. Uh it's something that I think is really important. If you can get on and even just subscribe to their YouTube channel, uh I think that would that would be a help to them. Yeah. Uh if there's something that you could do to to participate or to help them further, uh I definitely think that that you should take the opportunity and do that as well.
1: You're doing great stuff, man. Uh
0: it's from Larkin Motors LLC. I have Jeff and Gargiola and Josh Larkin. Guys, how the hell are ya?
3: Good. How are you doing? Good, good.
0: I'm good. Uh, Let's make it easy for the listeners. Josh, what was the first car you ever drove?
3: First car I ever drove? uh, Toyota Tacoma.
0: Oh, my God. I love it. What year? Uh, It
3: was like an 85.
0: You said indestructible Baja truck? I agree. Yep. All right. right. And, uh, Jeff, how about you?
3: Oh, mine's way better. 1994 Eagle Summit. (laughs) <laughs> White, red.
0: Jeff, can you tell us a little bit about what the the Veterans Helping Veterans program is?
3: Uh, so I joined Josh back in um, 2018, and uh, we started working together. We were just thinking out ways that we could kind of give back. And uh, we were dealing with someone helping us with a small business plan um, through the VA. And there was a lot of people he was helping out in need, and we figured, hey, you know, people out there... The veterans that need help why don't we see what we can do to help them out any way we can and we came out with this veterans helping veterans thing where you know they come they tell us that what's going on in their life what's wrong with their car and uh we kind of go from there and uh and you know do all the work and labor for free to help
1: and then how can we not wrap up the year and, and have, you know, some stuff with uh, with Mr. Worley himself. You know, Jason that Worley. Jason
0: Worley. We tried to schedule Jason Worley to do a podcast, I want to say for two months solid. Yeah. And, and between my schedule faux pas and, and his schedule being busy, yeah. it was just impossible.
1: Oh, on top of that, then he then he's late, right? <laughs> I mean, but he, he sponsors a show. Technically, he owns us. <laughs> you know, he can do what he wants. But, uh, I mean, and it, it worked out, though. I mean, he came... Uh, Tim and Nick, in in tuning in R&D, they did his 2021, right, his his L5P. So it was kind of a two birds, one stone scenario. But it's always awesome to get Jason here. He is one of those guys where he is still to this day so enthusiastic. He bleeds diesel. All of the trucks, the conversions, the sled pull trucks, the street trucks, the projects, the R&D, everything that he does, he is true true and through and true a a real world life enthusiast that is very successful at what he does his products and parts speak for themselves sure but he's just he's about it
0: well it's it's so funny you say that because what i was going to reference jason where last is he reminds me of talking to like somebody with a teenager level of passion about a hobby right where we're like you're like, oh, this is the only thing well, that's here. cool. And what? but but he's into motorsport, so yeah. it's not just diesel. No, it's not just diesel. Um, it's so much fun to talk to him.
1: anyone unless you're local here. The chances of you going to an ISP poll, you know, probably slim not to none. Happen. And Jason's at every ISP poll, so this <laughs> son of a bitch works <laughs> countless hours, owns a business, runs a business with him and his wife and his family, and they have a lot of employees, yeah. right? But. But then he juts out of work and goes pulling and he's like the main sponsor and he orchestrates that and his wife is the ticket holder and, and collects payments and, and sign up and all of that. Like the dude, he is he is someone that I think about my excitement getting into diesel 12 years ago 15 years ago yeah and you know once you see the first you know 500 horse truck on the diner like "Hmm, okay thousand horse truck on the dyno it's like "Hmm, okay the second and third thousand horse truck you see on the dyno it's like okay been there done that that's really this guy (laughs) this guy it's the first time every time
0: yeah you know he just is about it no for sure uh so yeah so so like we said there's no way we could
7: wrap this up without without hearing from jason yeah if none of that mattered and this was
1: my only hobby
10: I would, I'd would be building the superstar truck. No you doubt. look
0: like you look like in a heartbeat. You'd be doing. It. Oh yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Thought about. This I had to one talk myself twice. out of it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, this year, one of the big things we did differently because we didn't have really big shows to go to was was we we got again back to our roots of asking our listeners right to come away. on the show yeah. and talk about Ride their reviews. trucks. Um,
1: and you know that not not to go, interrupt, go, but go, please. One of my favorite parts, going back to the K.J. Jones and the Diesel Power magazine, was reading the rider reviews. Yeah. You know, you would always get uh, a couple pages worth of, you know, reader rides that would be submitted to the magazine. And you would read, you know, little tidbits and snippets of that. And this is kind of like a, a modern era of that. You know, you yeah, get the guys on the phone. You know, Paul does the how the hell are you? How did you get into diesel? Right. And then <laughs> they they get into their purpose. And I think that that's the big thing, they, the purpose of why they have the truck and the modifications and, you know, their journey.
0: You know what's crazy, Chris, is is when when we first did it, I want to say Ryan Carbon was our, our very first one ever. Um, he didn't have a lot of modifications yeah. on his truck. It, it wasn't like, like he had a, a 1,500 horsepower yeah, but that's not, diesel power challenge that's truck. That's
6: not every person, and, though.
0: And, and that's that was the first time we had somebody on who wasn't necessarily an expert in their field. Yeah. It was just a real person with a real story. Yeah. A- and all of a sudden, I became very interested yeah. in that. And we, we chased it down for a while. And then life gets in the way, and producing the show gets in the way, and yeah. all of a sudden you have to back off on it. And then when, when COVID happened, we were, really, we were really worried from the show standpoint yeah. of sustainability, of being able to justify not working yeah. for the amount of time that we put into this so we could work on the show... Because it, it, it has to make sense, yeah. right? Like, like it just has to. Um, and without those huge downloads that we get from doing the live shows, we were worried. So yeah. we decided we were going to go to two episodes a week, which is tough. I'll, I'll is. just be honest. I mean, it's, um, it's,
1: it's, I didn't participate in every one of those. I know it's tough on you, but well, more it, importantly, it's tough on Justin.
0: There, there you go. And that's, that's who has to stop doing another full-time job. At, at the drop of a dime to, to cater yeah. to us, to get this out. And, and the only way we could, we could make two shows a week happen was by relying on our listeners. Yeah. So, so really, and truly, I, I do want to say thank you, uh, very specifically and very emphatically, uh, to everybody who participated, everybody who signed up. Uh, I, I know there's a few out there that still haven't made, uh, airtime yet. Don't worry. We haven't yeah. forgot you. I have the recordings. We're just kind of waiting to put it together again. Um, uh, but but yeah, for, from the bottom of my heart, guys, thank you so much. I want to give a shout out to everybody, and we're going to hear as many of those intros as Justin could find right now. <laughs> we're doing listener ride reviews, and today we're doing our very first one with Levi Marquez.
4: My start, it came from my my brother and his bad luck with pickups.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, today we have on a very special guest, uh, Blaine Robb.
8: Easier to ask for forgiveness than it is. Uh, permission, so you get home and you got to detune it so you can't find out that you tuned it up, and that's really where it got started.
0: Interviewing somebody who is the furthest away from us that we've ever had, uh Jack Anderson. A 2003 Ford F-350 6-liter um, crew cab with the long bed, that's the only thing to have. Short beds are, you can't put a piece of plywood in it, so why why have it? I couldn't think of a better guy to, to see back on the show as one of our very first guests, that we ever interviewed from the diesel industry back when we first started Diesel Ride Review. It's Dwight
5: Kroon. I think it was like a 1929 or 32 Mack truck, and they called it uh, old number one. And we used to take that truck to parades and truck shows, big truck shows, and uh, big rig shows, you know. Our
0: newest segment called Listener Ride Review. Today, I have a very special setup. I have on Corey Fetter. How the hell are you? Doing great, Paul. How are you? Doing good. Thank you so much for being here, along with Joey Hull. Ho. Joey, how the hell are you? I'm doing great.
6: How are you doing?
3: I started off with, you know, I think I got a – I think I bought a Smarty, a used Smarty. And then – so now the trucks, you know, roll some coal, which is cool because I'm, at the time, 19, 20 years old. And just like the Dodge, I start reading and reading. And I come across this one form. It's like – hey, if you're blowing coolant out of your overflow tank, your head gaskets are probably bad. And if you let the truck sit overnight and the upper radiator hose is hard in the morning still, your head gasket's probably bad. So sure enough, I'm like, well, son of a bitch, I bought this truck with bad head gaskets on it and I didn't even know what I was doing.
0: (laughs) Today we have on a very special guest, uh, Steven Lux.
5: Uh, Growing up, my dad was always wrenching on stuff and uh, just kind of... Stuck with it. Uh, a bunch of friends growing up had diesel stuff and finally said, all right, maybe I should get into this. And uh,
0: Today we have on a very special guest, Jerry Haffman.
4: I've always been around diesels. My dad was a long haul truck driver. But uh, as far as the light duty diesels go, uh, I don't remember the year, but it was the first year of the power stroke badge whenever they redesigned the engine. 90 late 90s, and I had a buddy of mine who bought an F-350 with the new Power Stroke on the farm, and we went for a ride in that thing almost every day, and it blew me away.
0: Today we have on a real OG, I, I believe our first ever listener ride review was done way back, out, I want to say 2016 or some shit, Ryan Ryan the Irish Carbomber.
1: Oh well at first, you know, it was just you know, I'm gonna get i s I'm gonna get a smarty. At first it was high school, you know, we're gonna make it cheap. We're gonna make it cheap and fast and it's gonna blow smoke. But now uh now, you know, shoot second gen swap on it. Uh oh god damn, I can't remember my turbo
6: size, uh yeah, forty
1: six,
6: seven, seven, something like that.
0: I have a really exciting guest on today, Matthew Scarpelli.
4: I think like ninety percent of everyone I've ever heard. My dad had a 2003 and a half six liter. <laughs> uh, that was the first truck I learned how to drive. And if I'm being totally honest with you, I fell in love with the concept of a truck uh, before I fell in love with the concept of a diesel. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking
0: with Eric Holland. Well, the first thing I did was a tuner, you know, the, the basic
1: stage one, I guess you could call of a build, right? I did the... uh I did the deletes, I bought the
6: 5-inch straight, you know, ca- uh, turbo-back exhaust, and then I did the uh, EGR delete later on down the road. Um, I've never did a tuner on any vehicle I've ever owned before, and I've had quite a few because I was always scared of those, you know, messing something up or
0: having a crappy tuner or having not having the support to back you up when something does go wrong. So Today we have on a special guest, Brent Van Leeuwen.
2: So, I bought it with uh, 109,000 miles on it back in 2009, and it was about as bone stock as it gets. Uh, pretty confident there was even some stock parts that weren't on there anymore. It was that stock. <laughs> um, started just adding some basic intake exhaust. Uh, did throw a tuner on it, a bank six gun, just to play around a little bit with it. Uh, today, we have on Jake Barton. I'm going to be honest. A lot of these modifications came from me having problems, but... uh. <laughs> uh it's got a south bend single disc clutch in it for now the uh stealth 64 put that in uh fast 165 you got a dps third gen manifold on it uh set a 88 over industrial injection nozzles just ordered some gauges and uh trying to save up for a pump right now i'm here today talking with baron jensen so
6: it was actually my dad and my brothers uh, my dad rode in an obs in like 97 old body style ford power stroke and he was my dad die diehard chevy fan i mean he wouldn't even ride in a ford but for a reason his friend convinced him to go ride in this obs and he's all like i have never been in a vehicle that can tow a trailer like this and just go and you don't even know it's back there without
0: any further ado we today we have on Derek uh Derek Reesman. yeah I I said with total confidence Derek Reisman so um
7: I needed a crew cab long bed my wife and I had a, a big cab over camper and my uh single cab 454 1991 Chevy wasn't cutting it anymore
4: so I found uh my LB7 uh exactly what I needed crew
6: cab long bed Uh, Lots of miles on it, uh, roughly 340,000 when I got it. Uh, But, you know, reading the post, the guy,
7: you know, was pretty in tune with his truck and and everything. It was kind of one of the standard Craigslist ads that you see for an LD7. What I've learned now, you know, 60,000 miles ago, the injectors replaced.
0: Uh, I'm so excited today to bring on Dusty Hoggett from 1023 Diesel up in Alaska.
3: Well, I got started uh, with a Dodge, which... Smart man. We'll get into that later. <laughs> uh, no, I got a I got a 98.5 Dodge right out of high school. Um, it was a sexy truck. It was, it was a black single cab, you know, BP truck, single cab long bed. <clears throat> and uh, I, I loved it. It was a, you know, it was a manual. So first thing I did, I think the day I bought it, I went down and I bought a, a Smarty for it, which... <laughs> figured out later was <laughs> I could have done better than that. So of course the next thing I did was to get a, you know, an edge. Uh, um, oh man. Uh, Juice with attitude. Sure. And uh, you know, tap the pump wire and make some, some real power.
1: <sighs> Chris. 2020.
0: 2020. Um, like I said, for the show, I, all, all things considered, yeah. we had a great year. Uh, uh, and, and that's, that's hard to say. I think for a lot of people, but, it is. But yeah, is. I think I think the podcast had a great year. Uh, let's talk a little bit about twenty twenty one, man. Like we're wrapping and this up. What What do you want to tell the listeners about twenty twenty one?
1: Paul and I have already put together a game plan to pre plan, <laughs> right? So you know, we looked back, you know, put ourselves in the listener's shoes. You know, what what would we want to hear? And I think the downloads speak for themselves from the listeners like the DIY stuff with with Jeremy Garnett in the shop like yeah. that that's popular. So doing more of that DIY stuff, you know, getting some real world guys in the shop. This is what we saw. This is what we did. And kind of like a day in the life. Right. Yeah. I think that's huge. Um, I also think getting some more of that technical content with the guys in our R&D and tuning with with Tim and Nick and, you know, not boring anyone with the the nerdy stuff that they deal with. But at the same time, like, you know, you want to tune your truck, you kind of want to know what the heck's going on.
0: Well, yeah. And, and that's what I, what I love about the podcast is we get a chance to bring the, those super technical yeah. topics in and then dummies like me yeah. can help distill it down to where I have to make them keep repeating exactly. it until I understand it. And yeah, if yeah, I yeah, yeah, it, yeah, You yeah. as a listener yeah. get it. I'm, so, yeah.
1: you know, that one, that one, I'm, I'm really, that topic I'm really excited about and I, I I personally think, you know, uh, we, we talk about what we deal with, what you and I deal with in the day to day in your day to day has definitely changed over the last eight years of employment. Sure. The last seven years for me being here, it it's still very similar, but I do get to pick and choose certain things that I deal with. Right. So I think getting some of our guys that are on kind of the front line and customer support and whatnot on board and talking about some of the things that they've ran into you know, it's experience. Like yeah. at the end of the day, guys listen to this because they want the experience. They want the knowledge they want to know. And I think some of that real world day-to-day stuff is is going to be huge. So a lot of it for us is, is pre-planning, you know, and, and kind of being able to deliver educational content
0: Yeah, absolutely. is the best thing
1: I can say. That's my, that's my main focus. And I know, you know we've talked about it, but that's kind of where I'm at going into 2021.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Um, I think we're we're gonna go out for, I think we're gonna go out for some interviews. Uh, yeah. So I think we're gonna we're gonna try to do a good mix this year. Yeah. So we're gonna keep up a steady we did, pace. We did get
1: shamed. We did get shamed on on the podcast Facebook page for not doing as many of the bigger interviews and, and stuff like that. So yeah, you know, you know that's that's one of those. There's where always somebody bitching. 2020, you know, it was a rough year, but I mean, there's there's a lot of cool things going into 2021 that i think we're going to be able to kind of circle back and, and revamp to get a wide range of content. Yeah. Best way to put it. I
0: agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh so I'm there with you man. Uh for today guys, this has been Paul Wilson and Chris Hemke. Thank you so much for listening. All right guys, It's All right guys. 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 How the hell are you? How the hell are you? How the hell are you? How the hell are you?